made for music fans by music fans i am your host kevin uh, as usual we are here today to, this is our first normal one hopefully you turn into episode number 401 talking with our good friend aaron abernathy about the album we're going to be talking about today he, aaron is a is an artist based in washington dc but he's from cleveland uh the midwest where i'm currently sort of stationed we're in milwaukee now but uh but uh, he he sort of cut his teeth in Washington D.C. at Howard University, and uh, a remarkably talented individual. Uh, he I met him when he was and he still is the musical director for uh, Detroit's Black Milk. Uh, some the Rebellion Sessions was the one that we were talking about then. But uh, Ab, it turns out, is is quite a remarkable human, quite a talented human. Starting with his record that he had coming out then, uh, it was Monologue. And then uh, he was going to follow it up with Epilogue, which is the album we're talking about today. Along the way, he made one of the most powerful and important albums of the 21st century, I think. I think that's what that, that's going to go down as. It's going to take a while for all you guys to get hip to it. But Dialogue is uh, is legitimately a handbook uh, for how to sort of navigate uh, civil rights specifically, or just being a better human in the modern age. Uh, and he's got the cred, the Abernathy name. So if you don't know what that is, look it up, kids. Uh, which brings us to epilogue. You know, a lot of uh, what drives Ab's art is human interaction. And also, uh, he's a sensitive dude, man. He's looking for love. And he found it. And this album is about him finding it and all, uh, all the trials and tribulations that led up to that. So um, we were going to be talking about this uh, today with our good friend Wes Covey. I want to get you a, a little a little taste of it, though. Um, the album's divided into three parts. His, hers, and ours. So they're apart, but they come together, guys. And uh, and uh, so we're going to play a little track right now from the His section, sort of kicking off the album. Uh, this is a little bit of, of End of an Era. And uh, take a listen, see if you like it, and come back. And me and Wes are going to talk about it. Me 
That was a little bit of an end of an era from uh, Aaron Abernathy of his new album, Epilogue. Uh, wanted to give you a taste of that before we get into it. Right now, I want to welcome uh, Wes Covey to the uh, first edition of Discologist. Welcome, Wes. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah, uh, you, you have survived the transition along with the rest of us from a basement to the internets. Um, and now we're all out here. We're doing great. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's okay. Um, yeah. I think it's okay. So, you know, we talked about some pretty heavy albums last year. I think we talked about the Mackay McRaven yeah. album. Um, we talked about uh, Lonnie Holly's album. And uh, and you, I know you partially because of Casey Ray, but partially because you reached out about Ab's album Dialogue. Right, yep. And you had, you had gotten hip to what we were doing. Um, so you became a... a pretty big fan would you would you say oh yeah yeah and you know the funny thing that would have been right about a year ago now that i think about it um you know because i i I teach this class on uh, music history and social change and um when i heard his record i was just like dude i gotta get in touch with this guy and um, then i found your episodes like well i gotta get in touch with that guy in order to get in touch with this other guy yeah so i got in touch with casey ray (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay who's in touch with everybody hook us up (laughs) but but so so uh so going into this like you you uh new monologue you knew dialogue so what what were you expecting? I, I mean, I do have to say that that, that when I heard kind of uh, before I heard epilogue, when I heard what the conceptual, um, you know, aspects of the album were going to be, I have to say that I was a little bit disappointed. Um, okay, you know, because dialogue is what I heard first, and it's yeah. just this like absolutely just like you know sheer perfection, start to finish, um, of summing up america um you know especially of course i say this as a, as a white guy but especially you know the experience of a black person in america right, right. um at that time period and um you know from, from my very much outsider perspective like it was just it was such a perfect version of that um and so i can't you know help but but have at first felt a little bit kind of like oh you're backing off into more like personal stuff like that's a little disappointed and then i heard the record and it's just like oh okay it's all good like you know (laughs) i mean part of it is that kind of like personal is political like feminist thing where it's like you know to a certain extent like the experiences that we all have and and obviously our love lives which are you know crucial part of of you know anyone's happy valentine's day Um, it's a crucial part of anyone's you know experience and um and so there i think is actually a lot of politics in this in its own way yeah for sure uh i just talked to him uh recently about about a lot of this and and you know a a lot of uh, what people don't consider you know the personal is politic and 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 when you're writing about love or you're writing about politics or something you know it can be like self-love uh, or, or love for oneself, let me put that. And um, and you know, you, you you're talking about these things that are the 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 core building blocks that make us human. Mm-hmm. And I think when this type of music or any type of music sort of resonates the most with us is when these things really vibrate on that same frequency of what it is to be human. Yeah. And and this is uh you know inside information, but this is what this is sort of what Ad has been chasing down. Mm-hmm. Uh, over these past three albums, and you know, with monologue, there was a prologue. Actually, there's another album involved in this, but really, the triptych that we're talking about is monologue, dialogue, and epilogue. And a monologue, it was about him 
uh, going out and, and sort of figuring out uh, um, not what kind of man he wanted to be, but just like, you know, like, what is this world? Mm-hmm. What is this about? I, I, I'm, I'm a young kid. I'm a young black kid from Cleveland, and I'm going to Washington, D.C. to Howard, and I'm trying to figure out all this stuff. And, you know, I'm surrounded by the music reflected, like, the music of the time, the music he was into, uh, around all these messages that maybe not all of them are good and not healthy for being. But this is, you know, it was an apt representation of of what being a fairly young man. Yeah, I was going to say, Monologue is definitely a more youthful album in a few different ways. Yeah, and 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 so you know he had intended to this to be a complete journey of of that to then epilogue to you know the, I I've become a man and I think um, you know get one of the major points of this album out of the way is that your evolution as as a man or and I would say even as as a woman as a just as a human is is ongoing you never you never quite uh, actualize yeah you know or you shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't, shouldn't want right. to. Yeah, yeah you, you yeah, should. There's always more to learn. You can always be a better human being. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I think that's what a lot of his music has been about. Um, and as evidenced by what he got stuck on along the way, which was dialogue, which, uh, as you said, it was just, it was a beautiful, like, uh, expression of, mm-hmm. of, of black life in America. He is an Abernathy. Uh, yeah. Civil rights is in right. his Not just lineage. any black life in America. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, like anybody uh, you hear who goes into entertainment, you know, they hear like, you know, somebody is like, oh, my dad was like Robert De Niro or something. You know, they, they, they go into like a different career. Mm-hmm. They become like a pickle packer or something. Um, but, you know, he so he didn't necessarily want to talk about this stuff. But he said he, uh, as he put it, uh, basically God spoke to him and said, mm-hmm. you have to, you know, in his faith and you have to talk about it. And the result, I think, remains in 2019. Um, a a toolbox uh, people can pick up and look at, and just to get get in the door for understanding. If you, I hate to, I hate to use the term woke because I, mm-hmm. I don't like the term, but yeah, you know, if if for for whatever reason you aren't and you feel that you need to be woke, like you can pick that up, and that's going to sort of ease you into. And I would I would add to that if you think you're woke, you probably need to listen to that like twice as much as. Maybe the person who yeah. doesn't who isn't aware yet. You know? <laughs> if you, I'll just put it this way: if you would refer to yourself as yeah. woke, you need to go listen to that album. Yeah, if if, if your Twitter handle is woke uh, too woke for you, then <laughs> exactly. Um, um, but but uh, but you know, so this and like you said, there were expectations on that. Like, does he continue? What is the? You know, he certainly fulfilled his, I think, obligation. Or at least initial obligation to the Abernathy legacy mm-hmm. um, with that, and um, there was a question like, "Are you trapped in that? Do you go mm-hmm. to do different things?" And I always err on the side of yes, you you can. Um, you know, we are, you know, part of being an adult too is that you can, you know, conceive of two different things at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it always bothers me. I mean, whether you're talking about some other performance artist in terms of like, oh, well, that actor has always done comedic roles. Like I right. can't see them doing, you know, being the villain in this action movie or whatever it is like that always bothers me whenever you're talking about anything. And, you know, you and I are both creators um, as well. And, um, you know, trying to figure out both how to shift like 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 when do you do something it is different you know the, yeah. um, and and when do you release something it is different and when do you try to fit in a different message and 
um, you know, figuring all that stuff out is a really hard thing, especially when you've done something that has that kind of underlying meaning to right. it. Um, you know, he could very well have done another record that is, you know, here we are. Cause I mean, that one was, was written, recorded, um, you know, completely done right at the beginnings of the Trump era. And, um, and because of the Trump era. And because of the Trump era. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right. Couldn't have happened at any other time. Um, and it, it is very much a reaction to this election that had just happened at the time and um, an inauguration that had just happened. And he could have easily done kind of, or well, I shouldn't say easily, he could have done his next record as, okay, here we are now a couple years into this. Right. Um, where are we? What has changed? What has happened? Um, and again, like I can't say that I'm not a little disappointed that, that didn't happen. Um, but as I've gotten to know this album a lot better, I say, you know, actually this is just as important of a message, um, you know, for people, I saw that, um, that ab is going to be involved, um, or was just involved in some sort of a, um, uh, a, a dialogue <laughs> for lack of a better right, word, right. um, about me too movement and masculinity and like yep. what men's roles are. And obviously in my old neighborhood, no less. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Of course. Literally up the street from the basement. Huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and I think you know uh, he could have easily done that, and and he still thinks about that a lot. I, I think what's fascinating about epilogue, besides uh, its its insistence on leaning on, um, you know, twenty year old tropes in music, mm-hmm. successfully, you know, R R and B is a uh, is a weird beast, and it has many different phases, uh, but eventually you land on something that I used to call like dentist office music, you know, back in the South, you know, you, you couldn't hear like Teddy Pendergrass or anything like that, except when you went to the dentist office, Hmm. um, it just wasn't played on the radio, but in, you know, in cities and in, in quote unquote urban areas, you know, it was played on the radio and and it shared this common goal that was, it was not, it was just removed from like church music. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had all of that. It had all the spiritual music, and and essentially it was it was black music, right? Um, and uh, and it was important. And you're talking, um, oh jeez, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the artist I'm thinking of right now, but uh, I'll I'll remember it by the end of the show. But you're talking like these massive hits that are all about uh, either getting it on, or or you're busted up because you're broken up. Mm-hmm. And very rarely, in my experience, did they really get into the underlying truths of that. And so what's remarkable for me about Epilogue is that and he set out as a mission to get into the underlying truths of that and start showing that from all sides. Yeah, right. If you take something like um, like Barry White, um, yeah. for example, you know, the whole or, – or Isaac Hayes, like the whole thing is kind of seduction music, right. you know, Which even is Marvin Gaye. Like, right, yeah. exactly. It's all kind of like – you know, I'm going to make you love me. Like, I mean, even, even trying to remove the like super creepy, you know, like being this, but, but just like, you know, I'm going to get you to love me and it's going to be the most beautiful thing. So even if you're seeing it in this positive way and removing any of the like coercion or any of that stuff that, you know, does exist in (laughs) a lot of that music. Yeah. Um, when you take that stuff away, you get down to this, it's pretty much about seduction. It's about getting to that point and then very little about it is doing the work of like okay well what does this mean for us as two human beings or more human beings or whatever you know i i think the key term there is us what does that mean for us and and a lot of those songs don't mean anything for quote unquote us it's just like hey here's my side and here's your side he structured this album um so the album thematically is about a uh a reunion of sorts um people who knew each other and who had their hearts broken and 
went through all the things that are associated with that and somehow found each other. And through that shared experience, that commiseration, um, and a, a desire to heal, a relationship right. like Bloom yeah. is semi-autobiographical. Um, another bit of inside information. Mm-hmm. But the album is structured in, in, in such a way that you, you he he takes that concept of us very seriously. Yeah, it starts off with his, um, and you've got some songs on there that are uh, like "Time Bomb" is just this angry like, mess of a, of a protagonist, um, and uh, as as a, a straight white male, like who hasn't been there? Yeah. after a breakup, you know. Um, yep. You're not good for anybody. It's toxic masculinity. It is. I like the, that this acknowledges those parts. Yeah, uh, yeah. because it, that's it, a valid part of it too. And how yep. you handle those feelings and those emotions is is part of the whole process. Yeah, it very much does. And then it moves on to hers, uh, who's the, who's the female in this in this sort of story, and it acknowledges some of those things. I, I do. I think um, some of this is on on that side of it. It still maintains Ab's point of view. Mm-hmm. But I think even Ab would tell you, like, there's always more work to do. Sure. You know, so so there's a lot of things that, like, he's making assumptions on that, like, say if somebody, if 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 the character, Noel, the real person, had just written this part, mm-hmm. they might have come to some different conclusions. Right. But the conclusions that you get um, by the end of this is, is that um, these two people had the same experience, and it's also part of being human, and, and have found a way now to be together. I want to get to a track now uh, and start talking about the music a little bit because there is a lot of, you know, Time Bomb is the classic, like, almost like Janet Jackson's Black Cat. Yeah. You get Steve yeah. Stevens in there to, like, rock out the <laughs> guitar on that. Um, and you've got tracks like, uh, you know, we heard End of an Era, Lonely Nights, that are they're standard late 90s, early 90s R&B fare. Um, but you get to, and then Bitter Things in Life, I think, is one mm-hmm. of the best songs he's ever written. Love that song. But you get to a song, and this is um, right before the hours section. This is in the hers section, um, Wounded Hearts Club. And uh, this is where he he leans into his musical chops, his musical education a little more, and really takes um, takes on the persona of Prince um, mm-hmm. quite, quite literally, and... It, and shows that like that stuff can still exist, but I think in doing in doing it, he he actually, um, you know, th- Prince was his own type of sexuality, and and it 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 shows that like all these things can exist, like in in a black man's life, um, and uh, it's a fascinating track. It sounds like clubs. It, it I think it does come from his time touring Europe. Uh, so let's hear a little bit of uh, Wounded Hearts Club. Yeah. 
Okay, Wounded Hearts. Man, when that just snap and the guitar comes in, mm-hmm. you're dropped in the middle of the song from Parade. Yeah. It's intentional. Uh, it's, it's a point in black history. It is... Uh, and and But what he's talking about is you're just transported to like a discotheque, mm-hmm. essentially. You know, these sounds are sounds that he hasn't used before on a record, but he clearly knows how to use them. You know, he, he's he's been influenced by the venues he's been playing, just the cities he's been in. And, you know, over in Europe, like dance culture is is much bigger than here, or at least right. like more, it's much more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. It's not all about bass drops. It's, right. about, you know, <laughs> right. su- it's about subtlety. Yeah. And 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 just the way this song gets rolling and it's 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 beautiful it's majestic it's just and all of a sudden you are in this night out with this character and and you're just there mm-hmm. and you get it and and all of a sudden he starts talking about hey man there's a club for people with broken hearts you're like me right. too man me too <laughs> yeah everyone has been in that club at one yes. point or another you know yes. some, some are there now some are you know headed off and like staying at home right now with their partner and some are you know trying to find their way back to the club again and yeah all that but we've all been there yeah yeah um i found it fascinating this is, this is the track where I, I i literally got up out of my chair i was like mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. uh it just sort of sort of blew me away but um but for me, that that is the weirdest track in the album, and and might be indicative of where he's going next. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But there's also a lot on this album of just like we were saying, classic sounds. Yeah. And I don't know about you. Let me get your take on this. I mean, I, I think he executed on that level beyond even knowing his work that uh, I had that he would be able to. Because remember, this is made in the basement, <laughs> right? I mean, production-wise, arrangement-wise, songwriting, um, the different types of sounds that come in there, this album is absolutely stunning. I mean, I, you know, listening to it again kind of in, in preps for this conversation, you know, obviously I've listened to it a lot um, since it came out, but um, I just kept thinking, like, you know, it's that kind of like, what's what's one word you would use to to describe this album? Um, you know, and and musically, that word would be tight. Yeah. You know, this record is tight. There is T-I-T. not a single T-I-T, yeah. maybe even a T-Y-T, okay. just, to, just okay. to make it modern, you know. Um, but, like, there is not a single escape bit for a drop of water to come through this record. Like, it nope. is just, it is so perfectly layered together. And, um, you know, Dialogue was also an incredibly tight record. Monologue is a tight record, you yeah. know. But um, but he just he just hits that pinnacle um, on this one. And... Uh, it, I mean, and, and certainly there is an awareness without a doubt of some of the older, more classic, you know, soul records. You know, obviously this is a yeah. guy who has heard Ray Charles, who has heard Sam Cooke and Otis Redding and all of the classics, but it sounds much more in that kind of 70s, 80s, 90s um, style while still referencing, like, I mean, there's Janelle Monet in here, mm-hmm. like, it is it is an awareness of the history of music. We talked about that when we talked about Lonnie Holly's record, um, you know, that it fits so perfectly myth by Lonnie Holly fits so perfectly in with the history of black recorded music in America. Um, and as does epilogue. Um, yeah. Way, obviously a very different record, but I think, I think when, um, look, obviously everybody's aware of all these people you just named. If you're a black artist, you're like double aware. Right. I, I think 
some people chase it mm-hmm. and or or even just like sort of peel off a little bit of it and that's that's your that's your slice and you're going to make well, your money on that and if and you're I, trying to sound like prince yeah it is not going to work uh, yeah i think that's right i think that's you know? right I, I i think you saw um i think it's when you start to understand uh not just the sonics of of these songs of these artists uh yeah. these great artists made but but where they were coming from and why they made that song why they made those choices I think that's when you get to the real meat of it. I mean, you know, if you Janelle Monet last year, yeah. she worked with Prince. So, I mean, that was obviously a little closer, you know, fewer degrees of separation. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but you know, she pulls that off because she right. understands. She gets it, yeah. Well, she, yeah, and she understands that he's he's almost constantly coming from a state of, of oppression. Yeah. Um, of of where uh, not only is his culture, but, you know, as a black man, they just – his whole thing is like this is this is the history that I exist in, mm-hmm. and I have to figure out how to like rise above it. But it never it never leaves him. I think in no. any of his music, and much like it doesn't leave uh, Ab in, in any right. of this album. And and so you get these moments, um, like uh, the song epilogue, "Just Be Serious," which is a mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder song waiting for yeah. High Fidelity Two. Right, um, right. You know, and, and and you know you hear that. And you think like, my God, like, why aren't other people doing that? And then the second thought is like, wait, why don't, why doesn't everybody know that Ab is doing this? And and yeah. the answer is always, well, it's a big world, right? <laughs> yeah, there's there's lots of artists yeah. out here. That's why we're talking about this though, because uh, it's important. I think that people hear that because everyone should know about this. <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna find this in every town. This isn't. Uh, I've been on a little. Uh, obviously, I, I, I am the executive producer of Dead to Me. Mm-hmm. And and so I have opened myself back up to going to see dead cover bands, and it gives you a lot of insight into uh, into the history and the, and the culture uh, and and in many cases the folklore of that type of music, that particular type of music. But I think that can exist in any type of music. So it, it, you you theoretically could have a Stevie Wonder mm-hmm. in each town. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's one in Milwaukee. Maybe we'll find out. But yeah. But for whatever reason, we don't. It's right. my experience. Well, and it's it's again, it's that thing, you know, like like I just said, like if you're trying to sound like Prince, it usually doesn't work. If you understand mm-hmm. what Prince or Stevie or yeah, I mean, like Swamp Dog, like whatever it is, like yeah, pick your yeah. artist, and if you understand what they're really trying to do, like like one of my, I, I don't think we've talked about this, and it, it's a, a record that I that I've thought about mentioning to you, but one of my, um, I will actually say one of my favorites, but but without a doubt, one of the most fascinating albums that I heard in 2018 was the. Um, a day in the life impressions of pepper um you know jazz oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. remake things of of sergeant peppers and it's like as soon as i hear a jazz take on the beatles i turn and run in the opposite direction um <laughs> and as soon as i hear you know a jazz like i mean it's right. just like yeah that, that's that's a terrifying concept once i heard the who was involved in that i mean it's mckay mccraven and it's yeah. uh, shabaka hutchings and it's like a, you know everyone that oh I'm that's just like crack with. for you man Oh God! It was like, yeah. I mean, as soon as I read the lineup, I'm just like, well, this was made for 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 me for, right now. You know, it's everything that I'm listening to all together. And and that album is so fascinating, not because it does not sound like the Beatles at all. Nope. Um, and there's only honestly, I mean, you can probably count on one hand or one and a half hands the moments where you even recognize that they're playing one of those Beatles songs, which is hard to do with an with you know a group that is, you know, the most legendary of the twentieth century. You right, know? right. Um but 
only a few times can you really tell that that's what it is because it's people who aren't doing a cover song of that. They're trying to find what did this really actually mean? What was trying to be expressed? What's the deeper meaning behind this music? And that's something that Ab yeah. does so beautifully. Yeah, it, it is. And that's actually something, um, and there's a lot of reasons why this is the first one we're talking about on Discologist, but you know, this is technically like season eight of, of this, this podcast project. And, and, and those answers are what we're going to be looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, they're out there, right? Because that out that jazz album exists. Ab album, right. Ab's album exists. Uh, there is a truth. Uh, there has to be, or otherwise, uh, it's pointless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not ready to slide into like the endless nothingness uh, quite yet. And and um, you know, but more and more we see these popping up in in weird places like that. Yeah. I think McRaven is is well enough known. Uh, same with McCutcheons, but but the, all those guys aren't like these jazz titans doing this. These are these are the right. kids, right? They're yeah. The, I mean, even like those two are a little bit older than some of the other generation. Yeah. You get somebody like Moses Boyd. Like I don't know how old he is, you know, but but he's he's a young guy, you know. Yeah. And that's in a lot of ways. I mean, that's what's so amazing. Like as somebody who. Largely because of my work, because of my research, because of the class I teach, my project, like all of this stuff, um, I am very much historical music. Yeah. Um, but that said, it's kind of a funny thing when I like, you know, get, go on like, you know, lectures to everybody that I meet about about the history of this music. And yet when they say, OK, so what are you listening to right now? You know, I think they probably ex- you know expect me to say, like, oh, well, you know, I'm listening to you know, some obscure 1940s R&B singer, you know. Um, and what I'm listening to right now is the jazz coming out of Chicago and London and, and these yep. other places because this is the most exciting music that's happened in a long time. And Ab is tied in, obviously, like, you know, he... Somewhere, yeah. Yeah, right, right. He is, he's these are not in. jazz records, but mm-hmm. um, but he's plugged in with that same sort of thing. And, and part of it is that kind of appreciation and, um, if not worship of the past, like all of that, but we're going to be aware of all of that and we're going to do something different. And that's what the best music has always done. It's never, you know, people say like, oh, you know, something completely new comes out, you know, whether they're talking about Joy Division or if they're talking about, um, you know, early hip hop. Like, yeah, yeah. It's never that separated from what comes before. It's something I say a lot, you know, if you think something sounds completely new, it's just because you haven't heard the influence. That's absolutely right. (laughs) I'm glad you said that. Because that, that, that's a huge thing of people like not really. It's why people don't explore music too much, you yeah. Know, because because they think that like they, they get locked into like, well, I know this about music. I know this instead of just being open to like, hey, just just give it to me, just give me right. whatever. Um, but speaking of stuff that actually does sound very familiar, um, you know, uh, you wanted to talk about uh, song and dance a little bit. Uh, let's play a little bit of this, and then we can come back. And I want to know why this song. And- so here's a little bit of something. I know this is a risk to think about your answer. You might think we're better off just being friends. I know we both have issues that we're trying to handle. Them with them, I can't. I 
song and dance there uh how does that make you feel Wes? <laughs> it is 100 percent later up in the air middle school slow dance jam <laughs> middle right school there. i mean that is what it makes me feel you know it, it is it is being there at the i mean this is this is from the hours section of the album so it's you know where we're kind of coming together it's where yeah. we're finding this new um, potential of relationship we're doing the healing we're aware that we both need to do this you know this healing and this work to fix our wounds as you know discussed earlier in the album and yet like oh, what i hear when i i went back and forth between so many of the different songs on here to do but like this one just like it had to be the choice because as soon as it kicks in you're just like there with that girl who you know is out of your league yep. or a boy yep. who you know is out of your league or yep. a gender neutral person who is out of your league and you want to ask them to dance at the middle school dance and you're not sure how it's going to go <laughs> and you don't want to be ostracized if all your friends see them turn you down and yet like you're going to go for it you know and you do and that person says yes and you've got your arms you know extended completely away from each other during that <laughs> middle school dance you know it is it is like it is an instant classic <laughs> For it that, is, for that purpose, and, yeah, you and, would have heard this song in the 1980s and the 1990s yeah. and the 2000s. I mean, it's just so classic. Yeah, and, and it just it starts. It just uh, it tells a story, man. It tells a story that you already know, and you know how it goes, and you've been there, and you've lived it, and you've used it to soundtrack your own life. You've done all right. these things, but but it, it's so universal. And and anytime somebody can really just to get under the surface of that story, mm-hmm. that's when it becomes like appreciated. Yeah. And not pastiche and not cliche. That's when it becomes like something that is now going to exist. And, right. And, and somebody will play it. This is the thing. Somebody will play it in a middle school dance. Exactly. And that's, yeah. And, and they should. And it's like, you know, and, and especially when you're talking about part of the story, you know, it's one of the things I love so much about this album and, and about Ab's work in general is that it is all telling a story um to some extent and um you know, one of the things that I definitely wanted to mention in this conversation because, because this album, um, you know, even more so, dialogue was without a doubt a story because it's here's this experience right now, trying to process these things that have just happened politically, trying to process um, the fears around what might be happening over this next period of time and all of this. Um, epilogue is a narrative that is much more personal, um, but it's taking account of all these other things. And the way he uses the samples um, to help tell this story yeah. Dialogue. I mean, you've got samples of Angela Davis. You've got samples of Nina Simone, and it was honestly those samples were part of why I first reached out to Casey to reach out to you to reach out to Ad to get right, in touch. Right, right, to like, right, oh, right. Like, so, like, what are you doing? Like, where are they? Like, I'm recognizing some of these, but like, what's the other stuff here and all that? And um, 
And the way that he uses samples in this album to tell the story of these people, you know, in the his section, when it's his experience, it's pretty much just songs. And then when you get to hers and you're hearing Noel's story, yeah. it's largely through this phone conversation, um, you know, between these two friends, um, one yeah. of whom is supporting her friend through obviously a terrible breakup and then into a, hey, well, you know, give this a chance, heal yourself, like, but don't. Don't turn away from this possibility of something and, that's happening. And now. all these are using techniques that he, he started using on Monologue, where Monologue, like all the members of his family, are on it. They're the voices. Likewise, oh, on this one, his, his friends and family are on this one. Okay. Obviously, it, it made sense to use actual samples for dialogue. I wondered about – that is one of my biggest questions so, on this album is, is you know, like, are so these, these are scripted. Are these they? are – no, these are – and again, this gets into – this is a solo album. There's not a single yeah. rap on it. Right. But he does. He he is the music director for Black Milk, um, and so he he's pulling from all these traditions and mixing them together, mm-hmm. and of and and maybe that's why this this feels so fresh is because mm-hmm. it, it it gives you those like interludes. Yeah, it gives you yeah. those little skits and and even just like background stuff. The I think it's the end of a lonely night maybe, um. And you know all the voices saying like uh, Ab, you never should have left there. Yeah, Ab, you're not good enough for Ab. And you know, yeah. and these things playing like the devil and the angel on his shoulder. Right, and, I see that part as a mental and, dialogue. Yeah, and it is. And but he, he's using the people around him um, to help flesh out this story. Uh, and it, it, and as a result, becomes this very organic um, thing that grounds it and and again makes it relevant uh, to everybody because mm. it it. it this is epilogue is an album that just revels in in humanity. Yeah, and it, and yeah. it's just and it's focusing on even though uh, his faith, uh, it is up in here some. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a devout Christian, um, and he it is. But this is more about like what he sees as part of that, which is like being able to be good at love. Right. Yep. Yep. And and that makes you a better person. Yeah. Being and, good to yourself, being good to the people around yes. you. Yes. That's the that's the and, core of it. And and so what he uh and, and I think what he's done is he is just uh, again it's it's a it's a different kind of uh handbook, a different kind of toolbox. Um and um one that doesn't provide all the answers. It just provides some of them. Mm-hmm. But the, I think the goal is with his music is always going to be uh, how to help mm-hmm. beyond entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Using yeah. And, and, and finding the motivation to do that. You know, I mean, it's one of the yeah. things I found dialogue at a time where I needed it as a human being. And it's interesting because, yeah. you know, I mean, as, as a white guy living in Maine, I'm very much not the like direct targeted audience of that album. But because of the work I do and because of the teaching and the social justice and things like this, um, that album came right at a time when I was kind of really wondering, like, God, am I the right one to do this? Why am I doing right. this? Like, what what it really is my purpose? And I heard it, and it gave me the belief of, like, you know what? This is something that we all need to be involved in. This is something that we all need to put our voices into and all that. And this album obviously works, um, you know, in some ways it's more universal because it is something that's sure. everyone's experience. Um, it's the easy get love. Yeah, yeah, it is. But at the same time, it's that like, you know, do the work, heal your wounds. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be a beautiful thing again, um, you know, get through. But but it also, the thing that I love about it is, you know, as I said earlier, like it doesn't turn away from the anger. It doesn't turn away nope. from 
um, you know, you hear these things, particularly with the Noel character, um, in some of the conversations, you hear her hesitation, you hear her fear, you hear yeah. her not even being aware of how badly wounded she is. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not, and it's not a fear of, of the, the ab character in this, it's a fear right. of men. Yeah. And yeah, right. And this one specifically, it's the Leon character who we hear yeah, one voice yeah. message from at one point, but, but it's, it's, and then there's the, there's the other sample. And it's an, it's I, an uh, earned fear. Like it's exactly. Something, yeah. Yeah. There's the other sample that talks about, you know, you go and do, you as a man, go and do this. You know, I forget exactly the, the wording, but it's basically like you say the right things to this woman and you get her defenses down and you take what you want and you do it over and over and over again. Yep. Um, and taking any of the gender stuff out of it, like that happens to people and people get afraid of each other because of these yeah. things. Um, you know, and all it takes is, is two minutes on any social media network to go on now. And you're afraid <laughs> yeah. of everybody in the world and want to just not interact with anyone anymore. And I think that, that one of the things that Ab is really saying with all of the work, um, of his that I've listened to, um, is people are worth it. Yeah. I, I think that would, uh, I think that's, that may be like <laughs> the best like forward review <laughs> of this album. People are worth it. And yeah. uh, and that's what you get yeah. when you listen to ep Epilogue. Uh, thanks for hanging out, Wes. Uh, we will have you back on sometime soon, I believe. And uh, hopefully we'll get up at the Shabaka Hutchins show Man. or something. Yeah. Yep. It's coming. Uh, but we're going to take The comet is coming. Yeah, the comet is coming. We're going to take a quick break, come back. I'm uh, going to tell you all about how you can keep in touch with us going forward and uh, talk to you in a few. When the problems come, will I fight or run? Will I overcome a fail? Well, in failure, the lessons that we learn are true. We purchase every penalty, trying to cheat our destiny. You can't make one mistake. Thanks to Wes for hanging out and uh, talking about that. You're going to be hearing a lot more from him soon. I know we're going to be talking about a little band called The Comet Is Coming. Uh, it's coming up. Uh, Shabaka Hutchins. Fantastic saxophone player. We're going to be talking about that I think in March. But uh, a friend of a friend. Met him through Casey Ray, who does the the uh, Dead to Me podcast. And um, who you're going to be hearing from soon. We're talking about Julian Lage's new album, Love Hurts. Uh, and uh, just a uh, guy loves music, as you can tell, and um, has a little bit to say about it. So look forward to that. Um, that is it for this episode of Discologist. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. We're out there. We have been out there now for 402 episodes, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but also, you tell your friends about that. Leave a rating or a message. You can find us on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Um, we are also uh, on the web at www.chunkyglasses.com because it is a Chunky Glasses production. That along with Dead to Me, which I highly encourage you guys to check out. If if you're dead curious um, or, you know, maybe you had skeletons in the closet, uh, maybe you're just a giant music nerd, what, what my friend Casey Ray is doing over there is taking this scholarly approach to uh, nothing less than what is the fabric of American culture, in in our opinion, and it's fascinating. And we've had some fascinating turns 
and guests on that, and and they just keep coming. It just keeps getting better. So so check that out uh, while you're on chunkyglasses.com. Uh, when I was in Washington D.C., uh, we set up a huge uh, live coverage arm of the site that still exists, run by Mauricio Castro. Uh, I think he's got like six or seven photographers down there until I get busy up here in the Midwest. Alex Sheldor from Chicago, and um, and then we're out there on uh, Twitter at, at Chunky Glasses, Instagram at Chunky Glasses, Facebook just backslash Chunky Glasses. Coming up uh, in the next few episodes, we're going to be talking about Robert Ellis's. Fantastic new album, Texas Piano Man, with my good friend Eduardo. Uh, we are going to be talking about Sunshine Rock with the amazing PJ Sykes. Uh, Sunshine Rock is Bob Mould's album that came out, and uh, PJ and I have a history of talking about this thing, so uh, get ready for that. Going to be talking about Julian Lage. I think Cass McCombs. Might even throw in some Deshi Trucks band. Uh, basically, you know, if, it, if the music's out there, we're going to talk about it. If you want to talk about it, hit me up at Kevin at ChunkyGlasses.com. And uh, just say, hey, I'd like to talk about music sometime, and we'll see what we can do. You don't have to be in Milwaukee. Uh, you can be anywhere in the world, just as long as you have a microphone. So that's it. We'll talk to you in a few short days. Uh, be good out there, kids, and stay warm. So let me be clear from the start. Got a lot of miles on my heart. Don't want to break down all the parts. Just